cliffcentral.com it's the 25th people feeling great getting paid first paycheck of the year which is also the first money show of the year here on woman i'm pumi mashejo and as always on the money show i've got michelle dave with me Hi all. Welcome back, Michelle. Happy 2017. We're all so happy that it's finally like payday. Yes. And it feels like it's pay week for some people because other people only, only people (laughs) getting paid at the end of the month. But this is when it all starts. This weekend, we see all the sales. That's it. Start this weekend. Um, And the first prize. People can afford them now. Because people can afford them now. So here we are talking 2017, rushing straight into it. But I think before we even, I I read a very, two very interesting articles over the weekend. And the one was about money mistakes millennials make. If you're wondering if you're a millennial, if you're under 35, yes, I'm talking to you. Yes, I'm talking to you. You are millennial. If you're under 35. Um, But also, very interesting for me, an article about F&B's app that's got all these, you can invest directly in the yep. stock exchange and how more women than men participate Correct. on that app, yep. which I thought, oh, this is so awesome. But then I, I, when I thought about it and thought about it a little more, I realized that probably the reason why more women than men are buying into stocks and into the JSE and into listed companies via the app is because they don't have to talk to a financial advisor. They don't have to feel stupid speaking to a financial advisor who's like talking down at them. But remember, there are some financial advisors that only deal with your long and your short term. Then you have stock brokers, and those are the guys that are going to assist with actually investing on the stock market. So they're very different animals, if you want to call them. The one deals mostly with your life mm-hmm. and the other one deals with stocks. So, you, so not many financial advisors are stock broker advisors mm-hmm. because it's very specialized. And I think the one thing that we have learned, Michelle, you and I on this show is the first barrier to all women having better handle on their money is we just don't want to talk about it. Correct. We don't want to feel stupid talking about our money. And sure. that's why we do what we do. Yes. Talking about money. So a little bit later on, we are going to be speaking to Financial Mail's editor who's got an incredible, a couple of weeks ago, it came out the best stocks that they're picking for 2017. And when I read that article, I was just like, oh, guy. And their stocks last year, they do this every year. Last year's stocks outperformed the JSE. So I thought, hey, let's talk to this guy. Maybe he knows something. So that if you are playing on that stock market, if you're thinking of playing on that stock market, here are some things that you can like, Look out for. But before we get into that, Michelle, some of the big lessons we learned last year. Let's do a recap. Some sure. of the things that from last year that we need to be kind of going into the new year. Don't forget, girls, this is what mm. we already know, building on from that. Absolutely. I think what we had last year was a very interesting year because not only did we have some pension fund rules that changed, which dramatically changed some people's lives, um, and that made people feel a little bit more comfortable that the government was actually helping them in a way by giving them back what they were putting in personally. And I think that was a big thing that we looked at is people personally taking responsibility for their finances. And as I said, I think a lot has changed with financial planning and financial advisors or financial um, 
anybody that looks after finances because they look at it very differently these days. So when they look at a client, they have to look at a client almost holistically. Whereas previously, it was almost a kind of throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And the new ruling has also come in now that as a review, that reviews have to be done for clients. Remember, I think we briefly discussed this. Yeah. And it's called treating clients fairly or customers fairly, whichever you want to call. And that has come really into play this year specifically. And also not just talking to your client about the review of their current policies, but their current position. Are you asking the right questions? Are you asking your client, what has changed in the last six months? Mm -hmm. Have you purchased a new home? Have you gotten engaged? Are you getting married? Are you getting divorced? Are you getting a pay raise? <laughs> yes. If you Are you getting a raise? Are you changing jobs? Now, those are things that I think are sometimes neglected by financial advisors because it becomes just a review. But we kind of are more than financial planners because we intrinsically know most of our clients. We know about their families and so on. So we have to ask the right questions. And last year, I think what we looked at is also, you yes. know, as you then say that, yeah. one of the things that I try and do, one of the things that I definitely learned from the past two years with you, Michelle, is I'm way better at my budgets. I was always yes. great at budgeting, right? <laughs> but now I'm way better at my budget. Yeah. And the thing that I thought about this year, you know, we're in grade three now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And suddenly when I get the list about the sports equipment for this sure. year. I'm like, oh, these Damn. people. Yeah. But the thing that I then thought about is, geez, if we're in grade three this year, we're just a short couple of years away from high school. Correct. So it's important to then start saving for those big trips that yep. come with high school, yep. the camps, the, Absolutely. the sports trips. And, you know, that's why these schools tax, now, yeah. the overseas, what, what, what? Yeah, what? exactly. Our kids don't go to Michalisburg anymore. How? They go to Vietnam. What happened yeah. to the, we're going to the yes. Eastern Transvaal. There we go. <laughs> that's all out the window. <laughs> but I think that's why your relationship with your financial advisor needs to be pretty personal. And that's why I've always said from day one, I've said, if you do not feel comfortable with your financial advisor, move on to somebody that you do feel comfortable with. Because those are the people that you are going to be sharing so much with. And I think last year we taught people that it's actually okay to share. Because sharing assists anybody around you to make it better for you. So we looked at various things last year. And I think one of the things we spoke about was matrimony. How are you married? And to me, that was a huge impact, very simply because I don't believe a lot of people understand how it affects your life and how it affects your finances after a death or a divorce. Because, you know, as girls, we're interested we in, in love the romance. And the love, and we love each other. Nothing's going to go wrong. But remember, we also said that it doesn't mean it's just on divorce. What happens when the person dies that you were married to? How does it or affect the injured. finances? Yes, or gets injured. So those were the kinds of things that I thought were were really interesting. And also we spoke about how much is enough, how much money is enough money. And we looked at retirement and we said to ourselves, how much money do you spend today on the budget that you're supposed to do monthly? <laughs> and then when you retire, how much longer will you live and how much money would you need to live comfortably? Mm. And to me, that was a very interesting little indication of, 
our futures because mm. people are living yeah. a lot longer oh gosh <laughs> my gra- my grand's in her 90s exactly i mean i did a projection the other day for a client and she's 35 now and when i showed her life expectancy of 92 she looked at me and she said you have got to be shitting me mm-hmm. and i said to her, this is actually calculated mm-hmm. that you're going to live to 92 and she just went i have i don't even know if i want to live that long <laughs> So, but that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can prepare yourself for your future and for your now by being smart, thinking smart, and we spoke about that, it's not a case of, oh, I've got this e-bucks card and oh, I've got a clicks card. Every little bit of money that you spend, think about it. If I put in 20 rand, I'm getting two cents back. It all adds up. So start working with how your money can work for you and not against you. And I think that's what we really looked at last year. We looked at savings. We looked at the possibility of savings. We looked at your risk profiles. Speaking of savings, one of the things that, that came in last year, and a reminder, a gentle reminder to everybody, if you haven't done it yet, um, the tax-free savings. Exactly. You could start. So I didn't know this. And again, yeah. it was over the weekend and last night as I'm reading up and getting ready for today's show that you can start a brand new tax savings bracket today. So if you started exactly. one last year, you have another 30,000 rand, which will also be like the tax-free that will fall into that tax-free bracket. Just remember that over a lifetime as an individual, you can only go up to half a million. Mm. So we've got to always keep our clients within those limits. Mm. So that is actually, um, again, it's 30,000 per annum that you can spend and a 500 over the term of the policy. So if you, if you started, if you started, say you had one for 500 rand last year, Mm -hmm. you can do another 500 rand this year. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of the tax free savings account is that it works in such a way that you can actually draw money from that. And that's perfect for something like the sports gear. That you may need to purchase <laughs> or for those little trips that the kids need to pay for and the leadership camps and all those kinds of things. One of the things when I was much younger, when I had more like disposable income, when I wasn't spending my money on my child, used to do was like take out a five year endowment little thing and yeah. you just put money into it. After five years, it pays you out. You're Correct. so happy. You're yeah. like, what? Yep. It feels like you've won the lotto. Exactly. <laughs> It does. Every time it feels like you've won the lotto. No. But Pumi, that's exactly what I'm saying now. So you can take out the tax-free savings account. But you can also, for the people that are less disciplined, still take out the endowment products. Because those are kind of fixed and you don't have access to that money. So those are really nice little products to take out for – I have a client, funny enough, that I'm seeing tonight. Now, she's just had a baby in August last year. Oh, wow. And her other little girl is now two and a half. And when she was born, we took out a five-year endowment for her. Tonight, we're taking out another five-year endowment for the new little girl. But what we're doing is it's in the child's name. So the wow. child owns the policy. Oh, which is really a nice idea, you know, so it, it's kind of in their name, mm. which is really swi- quite sweet. And so mm. those are the kinds of things you can do, but it depends on your circumstances and it depends on the need. But it doesn't have to be a lot of money. I mean, if not you're at writing all. that. What did we say last year? We can go and look at how much money do you spend on a month 
on with foods. fast or fast foods. <laughs> have one less fast food meal and it pays for a policy. Mm. Yeah, one less McDonald's. One happy meal. Just one. Just that day. One a week. No, one a month. One a month. Yeah, if you've got remember we worked it out on a family of four. That if everybody has a meal, that's over two hundred and fifty Rand. Oh yeah. So one policy a one McDonald's meal a month less is a policy for you for for your future. Oh, and while it's January and we're on the weight loss tips, it ain't a bad idea. <laughs> it ain't a bad idea. Less like less burgers and chips and more into the the policies. <laughs> one of the and then the interest. Talking about interest working mm. for you, one of the things that was a big thing for me last year that was a big light bulb moment was. And again, this weekend when I was reading this article about how much interest we actually pay, how much interest we pay on the store cards, how much interest we pay on our overdraft, how much interest we are paying on personal loans. I mean, we all know about the interest on Mm. credit cards. That's why everybody thinks credit cards are the devil, right? Yep. But even the other little things, the amount of interest you pay on a new car, the amount sure. of interest you pay on the overdraft, on the personal loans, on the, is astounding. Correct. But that you can turn that around. You can you actually turn that interest yeah. to work for you. Correct. And I think that's what people need to understand is that a credit card is not a bad thing. However, manage your credit card. Utilize it effectively so that you do not have that interest rate, which also affects everything else in your life. And remember, we also said, you know, people go and they go, interest rates have gone up. It's going to affect my home. No, it doesn't just affect your home. It affects every single piece of debt that you have. Mm, So your home, your loans, your your cards, everything. everything. It affects absolutely everything. What is very fascinating. And this is, I think, the one thing around planning. For for the month ahead, which is what the budgeting thing does for you, yes. is it, it? And a friend of mine is so good at it. I mean, Shannon is amazing. She she does envelopes. She's that oh girl gosh, that does awesome. envelopes. Right? So at the end, of, she she does envelopes, both literally and figuratively. Right, so she does envelopes where she will put in five hundred rands a week. This mm. is her spending money for five hundred rands, and at the beginning of the month, she puts in the money, the various things, the tuck money for sure, her that's son. That's amazing. And, but she also has then done that with her bank accounts. Yep, where she's got ten different products, and every month it's and it's like the envelope system. Yeah, but what that meant for me is it meant that you have to spend a little bit of time. Correct. You have to be committed and then plan for it. And then once a month, sit down and actually do the bloody thing. You exactly. know, you've got to sit there, you've got to go through the slips, you've got to go through the you've got to go through your It's got to be a physical thing that your you your account. Yes. And also just going through your statement. How many of us that statement comes, you just tear it up and throw it away. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even open it. Exactly. Right? And last year one of the things that when we were speaking about scams that a lot of people responded on Facebook and yeah. on, responded about how suddenly they're picking up all of these little, little amounts pieces, yeah. being debited yes. off their accounts. And, and it turns out why. it's a scam. Yes. People are like, but they've being been doing scammed. it for a year because they have not been checking their statements. And the scams. Yeah. The scams was my big thing was that the vigilance also protects you. 
so those scammers yeah. that are just skimming off a little two rand here, a hundred rand here. They're doing it to ten, say ten people, or they're doing it to a hundred people. It's a nice little bit of extra pocket money. And you yeah. don't see it. Mm-mm. So just that planning for yeah. me was was also one of the big things. Sure. And again, I think what's important is that we're going to be speaking to somebody who knows about the stock market and so on. But there are so many apps, and like you were saying with FNB, and they kind of guide you. And it, it makes it very safe because you can have almost a, I'm not quite sure what they call it on FNB, but it, it, it's like a gap line or it's a, a line that they will say if it goes below that, they will stop the sale mm. and or, you know, so, so that you're actually not losing money. But there are so many brilliant products out there. And I know we spoke about Capitec Bank last year as well <laughs> because they really have made savings simple. And they've made it easy for people to utilize effectively. And banking is just so accessible. Exactly. I got, the other day I opened up my accounts and I saw that I had a new account. And I thought, jeez, I didn't have a new, I didn't open up a new account. So I phoned them and I said, what the hell is this pocket account? I saw that. It is brilliant. And she said to me, no, it's people that have a savings. What we do is we will open up this account for you because it's got high interest rates and your charge is only five rand a month. And I said, okay, well, how much can I put into this? (laughs) And she said, as long as it's not over 20,000, then you're actually earning 5.4% interest on a monthly basis. And I said, that is brilliant. So what I'm saying is that I think your banks as well are looking at the people within the portfolios of their branches and saying, how can we make their lives better? How can we help them? And that's why I said, sometimes a financial advisor should say to a client, maybe an insurance product is not the best bet for you right now. No, and I've done that often with my clients where I've said, don't take out the policy, go and get this type of product from the bank. Well, and because almost all of us universally, when we, when we grow up, our attitude to money is what it's, we've learned from home. Yes. And one of the things that without a doubt across the board, I had conversations with the little ones around here, the interns and, yeah. and everybody's on some, Oh, now that I'm working, I need a funeral police. <laughs> Like, for what? Right? (laughs) Like, if anything should, I'm like, ah, spend that money somewhere else. (laughs) Spend that money somewhere else. Put it into a savings account. So understanding the product is also a very important thing. One of, and it's just, you know, it sounds like a lot of work. Mm -mm. So you and I do this every month. Yeah. We spend a little bit of time. We look at various aspects of finance. Sure. And I'm sitting at home listening to this podcast and thinking, whew, but do I have the time? How much typically, how much time do you spend with your clients annually and then monthly? Okay. What I normally do, it depends on the client, but sort of in the beginning of the year, my biggest thing is to send reviews to all my clients and showing them where they're at. Yo, then, no one has sent me a review. I need to WhatsApp somebody okay, about Okay, I think so. Or maybe, or maybe we need to chat later. Um, and then what I do is I say to them, if you have any questions, but I will be contacting you within the next few weeks to set up an appointment. So that is something that I do on an annual basis. I also contact most of my clients every three months. Just a hi, what's happening? Are you okay? But the whole thing for me is that as long as I know that I have done the best for my clients and that they are comfortable with what they have currently, 
That's how I get my new business because they refer. (laughs) I mean, so typically you're just spending, if you spend two hours in January doing reviews, looking at, and looking at everything. I think one of the things that, that I, I, I also have gotten into the habit of doing because now I have to do it every month. I have to think (laughs) about money in one way or another, right? (laughs) But I've also then gotten into the habit of, of spending at least two hours looking at what am I spending on what? Exactly. And getting, and this is the time of the year. So this, what that has done for me is when you call me from some call center saying, hello, <laughs> Mrs. Manjaro, can I have a moment of your time? No. I'm clear. I'm like, sorry, you know, it's September. Ne? You missed the boat. By yes. nine months. I was doing this in January. Correct. You can phone me again in January. Maybe yeah. you'll be lucky. Yes. Because I... The thing is, I think people have just been given so many more options right now. And that's why I said, I think we need to not just look at the financial planning side. We need to look at money as a whole and say, what can I do with my money to make it work for me and not against me? Because we work hard Correct. for it. <laughs> and that's when we were speaking about the millennials. I think they're just at that point in time where... They've just finished varsity. Oh, crap. I've just got my first job. Oh, my God. I'm getting a salary. Now, what do I do with this money? And they do get a bit stupid at the be- in the beginning. I honestly do believe that it is, again, how do we teach from a young age? And I think that's something I'd like to tackle this year is by saying, what are we teaching our children? And I'm talking about not our six-year-old, but I'm talking about from 10, 12 years up. What are we teaching them about money? How do they perceive money? Why don't we ask them what they think money means? Mm. Because that's where the fundamental start is of how money works. And your future, how you use money. How money works and how you work for money. Yeah. (laughs) I think speaking of how money works and how you work for your money, um, I'm going to try and get Rob on the phone. But maybe let's take a little break. Let me see. Let's take a little break. And when we come back, let's talk to Rob and understand what have we, what, what is out there? Yeah. In 2017, what are Look the stocks? Look at the stocks? big picture. Look at what the big the, picture. Because I love that the concept of stock market. Yes. It's it makes very me feel exciting. So, <laughs> it makes me feel so like wonderful. No, no, and absolutely. one of the things that, that's happening here at Cliff Central is there is a platform that you can get into. Anthea, you know, Anthea talks about money on Gareth's show. Um, but also just so that you know a little bit more of what it is that you're out there buying. We know so much about shoes. We know so much about clothes. We know so much about makeup and lipstick. But, you know, mm. how do you get your money in 2017? Rob, can Hello? you hear me? Can you hear me? Barely. Barely. Okay. We're yeah. just going to try. Is this better? That is slightly better, yeah. Okay, I'm going to be like very close to the mic and I'm not going to keep you long because I know you're a very busy man. Thanks for coming on air and chatting with us here at Womanda. Anytime. Rob, so when I, I, I'm one of those people that wishes I could get into the stock market. I've been coveting the stock market for a good 10 years of my life, but I'm always <laughs> so scared of losing all my hard earned moolah. And so when I read your article a couple of weeks ago, I thought, this guy knows what he's talking about. Last uh, year, you well, out- so much. <laughs> just journalists, right? <laughs> but last year, you outperformed the JSE, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah, that wasn't bad. Tell me how, 
how you, how you decide before we talk about why you've picked the stocks that you've picked how do you like make your decision what's the the gut feel is it a gut feel is it knowledge do you read up on everything i think i think people read up on stuff i mean it's but it's just basically an extension of living your life like when you buy a house you want to buy a house where you think you're not overpaying for the house um, and you think it's going to go up in value, you're going to actually get an asset. You're paying for it over 20 years. So you're going to like actually get an asset at the end of it that, that means your position in the world, your position in life has improved a lot. It's mm. exactly the same with the stock market. You don't want to overpay for stuff. So you have a look and you try and avoid shares and companies that are effectively overvalued. But the truth is that if you're looking for long-term wealth, like long-term wealth creation, the stock market has done much better than done much better than than other other asset classes. If you keep your money in cash, you know, do lots less well than if you're in the stock market. Well, first so of all, you're going to spend it. it. Well, you'll spend it. But even if you were to keep it in, say, a fixed deposit account or something, you, you'll you get far less return than you get in the stock market. So ultimately, those guys. I mean, the stock market. We talk of issues like white monopoly capital, but those are the guys um, who run these companies who are incentivized to do really well and increase profits. So, that, so if you buy a share in that company, um, those guys are, system. I wouldn't say it's gamed, but it's certainly geared towards making sure you get great returns. So that was one of the things you say, white monopoly capital. As I'm looking through all the stocks that you, you're picking, um, and I'm looking at old white guys running all these companies, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah. Am I putting my money in white monopoly capital here? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, things like APSA, Take APSA. It's, it's basically held up as a paragon of white monopoly capital. Um, At least today by, it is. <laughs> but, but it's run by, it's run by, firstly, it's run by a woman that has um, uh, quite a few number of black managers. It's not, say, the exclusive white domain it was. You know, 30 years ago, you'd walk into APSA, it'd be basically old white men with moustaches. It's not that anymore. Secondly, the ownership structure is different. It has black investors, it's done various empowerment deals, and actually the biggest shareholder in APSA. Um, besides Barclays, is the Public Investment Corporation, which is, which actually owns 12% of the JSE. Which now, is also the, just the teachers and nurses. No, it's teachers, nurses, anyone who's ever worked for government. Mm. Um, so it's basically government employees, pension fund, and that's, that's predominantly black at the moment. So the perception that, for example, if APSA were to repay all the money that, that some people are saying they should um, for the Bancorp bailout, it's the pensioners from the PIC. It's the government employees whose pensions will be poorer for that. Mm. So it, it's a far more nuanced argument than I think just saying this is white monopoly capital. I mean, certainly I think that the complexion of CEOs and executives needs to change because it is still far too white. Mm. And tell me, Rob, years ago when I first started looking at stocks and stock markets, um, the advice I was given was, Think about what you buy. Think, so think about your shopping yeah, basket. Exactly. And, and that's how you start picking where you're going to put your money. So if you shop at Woolworths all the time versus pick and pay and checkers, maybe you should look at Woolworths stock and look at the people around. Are more people yeah. buying at Woolworths? If you're buying jungle oats and Tiger brands type stuff. Maybe you should invest in Tiger brands, or that yeah. is is that is that kind of a way that one can look at how to start picking stocks? No, completely. I mean, I think that that's a good way. You know these businesses, so you know what they do. I think Warren Buffett, who's considered the you know the most successful investor in the world, you know that that might just be bluster, but either way, his his view is you should never invest in something you don't know. 
Um, he wouldn't invest in a lot of the banks, for example, because he said the derivative structures they had, the weird financial mechanics were essentially weapons of mass destruction. So he said, invest in stuff you know, understand what you understand what you're putting your money into. Um, it's quite it's quite beguiling to kind of get sucked into these guys who say, put your money in this because it's got this fancy new system. But if you don't know how it works, it's perhaps not the best thing to do. So Woolies, for example, Woolies is is really cheap at the moment on the stock market. So we chose as one of our stocks of the year because the price seemed really cheap compared to its long-term average. It looks like, from all the analyst reports that are coming out, um, that it's going to increase its profits over the next few years as well. So we, that's why we picked it. That's an example of something you know. You walk into Woolies, you buy a meal. It seems to be opening up lots of Woolies foods. The clothing seems to be okay. So you think, well, I know this business. I have a sense of it progressing. Whereas you take another company like Lewis, for example, and you see fewer people going into Lewis stores, and they have a credit model that has come unstuck in the last year. So, you, so I think it's, you know, you have that kind of gut feel about things to some extent. You have a sense of how the business is doing, um, if that helps at all, in terms of understanding the, the process. So tell me about your top three picks for 2017. Um, well, I, I think Woolies is a, is a pretty good one. I mean, it basically, it's, it's, you know, it's quite cheap at the moment. Um, and I think it can only go up from here. Um, there are a couple other ones. There's Afromat, which is kind of... A, you know, cement and construction. Um, and it's, you know, its profits have gone up quite a lot over the last couple of years. And everything else in the construction industry has melted down. So it's, you know, that's quite a good one. It seems to be, seems to be doing okay. Um, Nusperis. Nusperis is interesting. It's a media company <laughs> that owns City Press, Daily Sun, a whole lot of newspapers. And they own DSTV TV and everybody, and, yeah. and Zanz is always trending. So they must be doing something exactly. right. Exactly. But also, the big thing with Nusperis is, they own 34% of Tencent, which is a Chinese social media platform. That owns own WeChat. WeChat. Yeah, exactly. And it's huge in China. It's huge in China. So their profits have been going up. It's a new media business. It seems to be doing really well. And the Nusper share price, as it currently stands, doesn't really include any any expectations about DSTV and anything else. In fact, it's just built on Tencent. So effectively, by investing in that, you're getting most of the South African business for free. So the perception is, I think, of the analysts. I think something like 25 analysts rated a buy, and there's possibly one sell on it. So analysts are very positive about it. The projections seem good, um, and it seems relatively cheap. So that seems like a, a longer-term bet. There are other issues like Donald Trump and China, um, <laughs> but, you know, they play into that. Donald Trump is a, another show. There's a whole other Donald show Trump, on its own. <laughs> terrible, terrible human being, if you can even call him that. <laughs> and then w- one thing that when I looked at and and a lot of the, these companies, you know, you don't think about them. When I was looking through all of, of of what I loved about the article that you wrote as well is it's so diversified. There's you you have looked at all the various sectors and you've picked in every sector for as having outperformed the JSE last year. <laughs> are <Yay>. you? <laughs> That's your big Trump card, but you know that's also like um, what's his name uh, in in New York. They also the big uh, money paper in New York. They always outperform the New York Stock Exchange, <laughs> Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal. They always outperform the New York Stock Exchange. So I'm wondering yeah. if there's something you guys know that other people don't know. No, not at all. I mean, the thing is, like, the thing is that you know you do a lot of research. These big funds. Um, they have tons of money and they have to become um, essentially just a, they just buy in because they have so much money, they effectively just 
buy what the index is. Um, the small amount of money you have, you can afford to take picks where you say, this is a great one in this sector, or this is a great one here. But if, you, if you're doing it professionally, um, it's tougher. And, and that actually is the debate about people who just put money into sort of ETFs, which are essentially you put your money into this ETF fund. And all it does is it, it's very cheap. It doesn't charge you many management fees, much management fees. But then it, all it does is it traces the JSE index. Well, um, yeah, because I also wanted to ask you about Altex, because w- mm. one of the things that if you're new to the stock, if you're new to stock exchange, you know, that Altex looks like something that, you know, it's got so much less than the main board. So it's not as confusing. And the, the price points that you're coming in at are so much lower. You don't feel that you're, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel as much like gambling as when you look at the main board at the JSE. So tell no, me. No. But it's exactly the same. I mean, it's exactly the same. Um, some of those companies are really expensive. So, you know, there are companies in the JSC main board, like Barla World, that are quite cheap. Um, but but you know, the way you assess cheapness in a stock, how cheap a share is, is you have a look at what you're paying for it, and you compare that to its long-term profits. So if you're paying, say, for example, if the current share price is 10 times its profit for the last year, um, or 15 times, then you consider it fairly expensive. But if it's, say, less than five times um, its profit and you think the profit's going to grow, then it's considered quite cheap. So you have a look at, you know, it's, it's like buying a house, really. If you think that the house is going to go up in value from what you're paying, um, then, then you consider it fairly cheap. But if you think you're buying at the top and it can only fall from here, then it's not a wise investment necessarily. And so wh- I suppose... Yeah, and because so you because you've given me such a, a wide diversity of stocks and industries in in the article, what I'm keen to know from you when you look at these various sectors, which is the sector that you you think will in 2017 give us the most kind of growth and surprise us? Well, that's that's kind of tough. I mean, I think you know, property is a, is a thing in this country. It's a it's done really well. Um, people put a lot of money into property and it has produced pretty good returns. Um, commercial properties, especially because people have to have to invest, companies have to invest in property. So they've done relatively well over a while. So I think property is one of them. Um, the mining shares have been pretty cheap over the last couple of years um, and rebounded a bit last year. Um, I would say, you know, the oil price is definitely going to go up over, over a couple of years. Um so Sasol, for example, is a relatively good share. Um, it's difficult to, to say which sector specifically. I think there's still, I think the banks are really solid because the banks will always make money. Uh, you're talking about the system being games. They've made it so that they will always make money. Mm. Uh, so I think that's a stable long-term bet. And in that, you have companies like Capitec, which have grown ridiculously over the last, say, 10 years. We were just talking about Capitec. It's, I mean, the guys who put their money in to Capitec put 10,000 rand into their say when it listed in 2002 will have made, you know, far more than that. I mean, you know, those are the kind of things we look back. I think if I'd invested 10,000 rand in it, I'd be a millionaire now. <laughs> that's how it's I feel depressing. about, that's how I feel about Country Lodge all the <laughs> time. <laughs> it's like yeah, look at Country yeah. Lodge everywhere. <laughs> Who knew that this crappy little hotel, one star hotel, would become <laughs> such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then just before I let you go, thank you so much for coming in and, and chatting with me about this. So if you only had a hundred thousand rands to invest, where would you put it? Um, I think this is my personal view, but I really think NTN is really cheap at the moment. It had a terrible time in Nigeria. 
and the share price got beaten down. I think it got lost in like 40% or something. It got really badly smacked. But but MTN's got a pretty good long-term um, history of being in various countries, and people use cell phones like it's going out of fashion. It's not like people are going to suddenly stop using cell phones. So for MTN's share currently to be so cheap, I think that's that's where I'd probably put all my money. That's where you'd put all your money. Rob, yeah. I know you're a very busy but, man and you're right. Yes, tell I, me, but... One last thing I want to say is that I think that, the, you know, the, like the stock market, like life, they say the thing is to look at the differential between what you're paying and what the value you get. I mean, mm. just because you're paying a lot of money doesn't mean you're getting value for it. Mm. So Warren Buffett's view is price is what you pay and value is what you get. Mm. So don't think that just because somebody's charging you a lot, you're getting good value for it necessarily. Sure. So, Definitely a lot to chew on. Um, very interesting for us over the weekend, which we've been talking a lot about, is the fact that a lot of women are now investing more in the JSE, investing more with listed companies, because the platforms of doing that are so much easier. Because Have you looked at EV equities, for example? No, tell me about that. EV equities, they, they were, I think Financial Mail Investors Monthly chose it last year as its best stockbroker, because what it does is it caters to people who know nothing about the stock market. It says, come and look at, come and look at our website and you can buy a small part of a share. You can buy just a part of a share. You can spend 50 rand on it. The fees are very small. Um, and they have a quite a nice way of setting it out. Um, you know, and it, they, they say to you, like, invest in stuff, you know, like kind of buy shares in Woolworths, buy part of a share, buy whatever you can afford. I mean, I think that it's good for people to save money and platforms like Easy Equities make it cheaper to do that. And stock falls, if they run properly, can do that for you. I think it's just a way of thinking about building your life and yourself, which is, which is crucial. So you can't put that stock, your stock on Instagram, but it in the long run will make you a uh, way, way, way more wealthier. So thank you, Rob, for coming and chatting <laughs> with me. Thank you for sharing your insights. I'm going to be watching the stock. So I'm going to pick like five out of your portfolio, right? And I'm going to go with it. And this time next year, I'm going to be calling you to tell you that I'm like 6% richer than I was at this time this year, right? As long as you're not 6% poorer. Oh, he's God. <laughs> anything, anything is better than 2016. And if you performed in 2016, I'm sure you'll be fine this year. <laughs> Thank you but so much, go Rob. Look at, go look at Easy Equities. It's a good way to do it. Easy Equities. I'm definitely going to yeah. look at that and give them a call. Cool. Thanks, Just darling. Check out the website. Thanks a lot. Sharp. Cheers. Sure. Bye. So that was Rob Rose. He is the editor of the Financial Mail, chatting with us about his stock picks. This I don't know if you can still get this um, Financial Mail because it came out in it came out on the twelfth of January, but an incredible article. Well, like everything you want to know, everything you want to know, even if you don't get into it this year. You know, the one thing that I like about the FNB thing because that's how I eventually got into the stock is you can just. Do it for 50 rand. You know, you can put in 50 rand this month, 50 rand next month, and you can try it out. And if you lose 50 rand, you know, you're going to have one day's drink at a cup. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but if you make money on that 50 rand, it's going to be way, way cooler. One of the, one of the other things that I saw, just thinking about how to invest and where to invest and um, ways of saving money, getting ready for today, is I loved, loved, loved a quote by Warren Buffett. 
about technology because everything's about technology now. Speaking of NASPAS and Tencent and WeChat, we on WeChat. You can get Cliff Central on WeChat. You can get anything on WeChat. WeChat is growing and it's big and you want to be on Twitter and Instagram and all of those things. So we all want to be in those platforms. But Warren Buffett's quote is, if you think about technology and how technology is changing everything in the world, that's why he'll rather invest in chewing gum. That's why he bought Wrigley's. Because no matter how much technology changes, you still chew gum the same way you've always chewed it. And I just thought that was a brilliant one. So what do you think of Rob's picks, Michelle? I think it is absolutely awesome. And you know what? It's given me some food for thought. Because as we said, we're speaking to women here. And if women are looking at different aspects of their lives, why not take that 100, 150 rand, and start off small. You never know what could happen. And I mean, I just think it's the more options you have of making money with what you have, the better it is for you. Don't limit yourself to just the traditional crap. Actually start expanding on the way that you think. Mm. So I honestly say if it works and it's good for you, do it. Easy stocks, I'm going to take a look at it. Yes, I'm not going to punt it. Maybe we can get them to come and chat with yeah. us one of these days. I'm definitely, when I leave here, I'm also going to go and have a look at that. Starting young. For me, I can't <laughs> emphasize that enough. And honest to goodness, I think we need to start bringing in little people and actually talking to them and asking them what do they think about money? What does money mean to them? What have they seen with money? Get some honest opinions mm-hmm. because that's where it's all starting if we're going to change the millenniums for the next 10 years or whatever, it's going to make a difference if they are taught correctly now. So the the fabulous thing about this money mistakes millennials make. Big cars, was, expensive cars. Was buying expensive cars. <laughs> but amazing. also what I was shocked and horrified about was about the value of mortgages. Yes. So the value of houses people are buying on average 3 million rand. I was like, what? And it dawned on me that it's all lifestyle. Yes. So the, the places where we're throwing away our money yeah. is lifestyle. We're yes. throwing away our money in the big houses. We're throwing away our money in the big cars. We're throwing away our money in the, the stuff that you see every day. Mm. And what we are forgetting is we're forgetting about those. On average, people retire at 65. Say 60. Let's just on this low, low yeah. end of the scale. At 60. So if you live to be 95... You have 35 years Correct. of living and no working yeah. that you have to worry about. That's almost the same amount of time as you would have worked. Because Correct. if you start working when you're 25, between 25 and 60, it's almost the same amount exactly of time. Exactly the same time, yeah. And so starting young becomes so much more important. And also just understanding how money can affect the rest of your life. And it doesn't mean, we've also had this conversation last year, it doesn't mean that if you earn 10,000 rand, you can't do the same as somebody that earns 100,000 rand. It's all, it's just that we put it into perspective. We just have to put it into perspective for those people and for anybody. So really and truly, it doesn't mean that you have to earn that big salary to actually live comfortably and well for the rest of your life. Comfortably and well for the rest of your life. So, Michelle, top tips that we must remember as we build 
in 2017, as we build our wealth moving forward, the things that we must bring along from last year for you? Top tips. Please always make sure that you can budget and that you, what you earn, you're able to utilize every month and that you do not have to go into an overdraft every month. <laughs> just don't get the overdraft yes, facility. Just don't get that. You see, but people are conned almost into getting it. So I'm saying live within your means, live comfortably, but also make your money work for you at the end of the day mm. because it's not impossible. It's actually very, very possible. And we've just been given a great tip by Rob right now mm. that even if you take small amounts – and invest. Mm. And as I said, there is a stopgap if you go onto some of the apps like FNB. It will not let you lose money. It will only let you make money. Sure. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot, a lot of places where you can start. I think yes. for me, the best thing about all of these things is that technology has changed the game completely. Absolutely. Changed the game completely. You no longer have to be confronted by some, you know, White monopoly capital. Old white men. <laughs> Old white men giving you a side eye, asking as you're asking your questions. Because I think that's one of the things that for me mm. made it very difficult to get into stocks, to get into investing, to get into any of those things. Because I just thought, oh, Lord, if I'm a sit here and ask this guy, first of all, I only have a hundred rent. And now I'm asking this and asking that and asking that. These people are going to think I'm wasting their bloody time. No. So the fact that. But then the it's the wrong person. Then it's the wrong person. He, Honest uh, to goodness. But it's also all in my head. You yes. know, it is also yeah. all in my head. And what the technology has done, I think, is it's definitely made it easier mm. to get into it. Or get to the place of comfort where you can find the right person right. to speak to about that. Because I think it's important for most people to have a financial advisor simply that they can actually bounce things off. So, again, say now, for instance, somebody wants to purchase a second property to flip it, but they need to fix it. So now what they do is they phone the financial advisor and they say, listen, the bank's prepared to give me a loan, but they want a policy with a cash value. Mm -hmm. Do I have anything like that? And that's where the person comes in. So it doesn't, it's not just somebody that sells you stuff. It's somebody that becomes intrinsically part of your life to assist you with your future and your current situation. So what you're actually looking for in a financial advisor is you're looking for a money friend. Yes. You're and looking for a friend it. for your it. money. And somebody that can really give you honest feedback. Michelle, if I'm listening and I'm going, I really want a financial advisor, what are the things that you must know about financial advisors? What are you checking for that you don't get scammed? Okay. What are you looking for that is this person accredited? Is this Correct. the right person? Where does a person go to find those things? And then how do people get hold of you? Because sure. I'm listening, I'm going, uh, maybe I want to talk to Michelle. <laughs> Firstly, you can go onto a website called Find an Advisor. Find an Advisor will show you people within your area. That are accredited because there's a lot of people that are still under supervision. So you may not want to deal with somebody that is still under, with under supervision, but some people may not mind that because you're under supervision. <laughs> yeah. So some people may not mind it, but they have to tell you, are they accredited? Do they have a wealth qualification? Do they have their regulatory exam? Because that is vital in our industry. And then look for those people on Find an Advisor. If you want me to assist you, you can always get hold of me on michelle.dave at vodamail.co.za.
She's on Twitter. She's on Facebook. Yeah. So please. She's also on Instagram, yeah. but she forgot her Insta name. Sorry. Yeah. Just, yeah. My technology is a little bit behind this year. Girls, <laughs> girls, you and I, that's our job this year is to get Michelle's like, <laughs> to get Michelle's social life. <laughs> Social on life, online, online life, life together. A little bit better than it was last year. <laughs> I'm Pumi Mashiho. I've been hanging out with Michelle Dave and we're talking about how you can get your money. We're all about the Benjamins this week. Um, I don't know what we're going to be doing next week, but we're going to be month. here. Yeah, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. We're going to be talking about money next month on payday. So don't blow all your money. Even if you only save 50 rand yeah. this month. Just if you 50. start now. Go and look at what is it? Equity, um, easy, easy equities. equities look see. at the F and B. Just look at the F and B app. The apps are there, guys. The They're apps are brilliant. there, and you can have, you can make that money. And then at the end of the year, I was gonna calculate with fifty rand times twelve is six hundred rand. Ne? Yep, six hundred rand. You could do a lot with that if you invested that. Um, and what's the interest rate gonna now? Seven percent. Yeah. Seven percent interest rate. Hmm. Seven percent of six hundred rand. Last thing. Also remember. Your credit, your validity of your credit also determines how much interest rate you pay. Born. Yeah. So make sure you pay all your accounts. So you could, with that 50 rand, yep. you could start that uh, tax-free savings scheme. Yep. See you next week. Bye-bye all.